Hi everyone, welcome to To Be an Artist. Today I'm here with Fausta Jody, and she's a poet. Hi Fausta. Hi Petra. <laughs> uh, we met recently in November because we both performed for women in jazz media um, at Toulouse Lorcheck. And, um, but I haven't met you before, which is strange because I feel like you always meet the same kind of people, you know, those people that do multimedia performance, you kind of meet them everywhere. So um, what's your story? How did you get there? Mm, okay, cool. So yes, I discovered there was an abundance of poetry events going on in this city where I'm from, I'm from London. Um, about, I'd say the end of 2018, summer of 2018. And I'd never really shared my work before. And suddenly I was like thrust into this world where you could go literally every single night if you wanted to. And I was bopping about town sort of every week. I would try and go to an open mic and, you know, spit my words and share my poetry. And it was really amazing to unearth this community where there's hardly any ego um and everyone is extremely welcoming we're all there to listen and appreciate each other's words and i kind of just fell in love with it and it also was really humbling and it's quite a healing space to be in mm-hmm. um and so really got immersed in that and then i started my own poetry events um called sip and rhyme uh, where you come and you write poetry with me and we do like a little workshop. And so, yes, I've been like hosting and sort of curating since, um, 2019, I guess. Yeah. So it's like our third birthday this month, Sip and Rhyme's third birthday is this month. And I started working at this jazz club at the start of last year which was funny timing. Um, And then that's how I heard about the festival because I was working at the venue to lose the trek. And yeah, that's how I got involved really. And I, yeah, I wrote a poem specifically for that event called Woe Art. And uh, it was sort of like a fairy tale-esque poem about female creativity and female artists and, And then, yeah, Petra was there and performed with the lovely, amazing Hylam Kim. And it was really, really cool. It was crazy. I like I like had a headache from all the art (laughs) because there was like there wasn't one this event resonance. There wasn't one single medium of art that wasn't represented. We had music, dance, poetry, visual art, painting and yeah, and writing. It was insane. It was amazing. Yeah, I think that's the strength of this event. I feel like. Every, like it attacks you from all sides <laughs> in all senses oh, how did you start uh, writing poetry so my mother is a poet a writer and a poet and i have been writing yeah for forever um and then basically i was i hit a bit of a dark uh moment after an, a breakup as you do and i was i guess i was like 26 or 27 and i was trying really hard not to be creative because i'd seen how my mother had uh struggled with it as well and struggled to kind of find her path with it all 
and so but I got paid for an article and it was that was it it was like no this is what I this is actually really what I want to do I need to be creative or I don't feel fulfilled and I'm not I'm not happy I'm not I'm not an, I'm I'm very quickly not in a good space when I'm not making or creating and um so I was sort of angry at myself like you know how can I call myself a writer when no one's seen or heard it and then I started looking through my journals because I did sort of jot things down and I realized that I wrote in verse sort of accidentally instead of like these little diary entries I'd write in verse and so I sort of kind of like sifted through them and sort of picked ones that I didn't think were super awful and then I started I think I posted them online on this kind of blog spot and then I discovered that everyone was doing it on Instagram and Instagram it was interesting because they were calling kind of inspirational quotes poetry so and I think Rupi Kaur like who did Milk and Honey the poet who did wrote this book Milk and Honey and it like broke all these records like people were actually going into bookstores and buying her book so it was about that same time so poetry was very much uh on people's minds and so then that kind of ignited it and I yeah I couldn't stop writing it's sort of and I've seen it I've seen it with other poets as well once you discover it the floodgates kind of open and so yeah I wrote so many poems that first year and being able to go out um and perform them you wanted to write something new each time you went and did something so that helped as well so there was like a lot of yeah I was churning a lot out so I guess it really kicked off um yeah around the same time sort of like four years ago three four years ago oh wow and when you like um when you perform a poem is there like a rehearsal process for it do you do you think about the melody of your voice or or you know the timing or or any of that yeah i think i write with a certain i think i can i really love the sounds of words <laughs> so i love the rhythm and i love the texture and i love the way that you can create your own rhythm as well and you can and there kind of aren't any rules with poetry which is the kind of opposite from what we're the way we're taught it in school so there's a load of freedom with it and I think with that freedom I definitely do kind of I'm thinking about the beat not as not strictly like not with a structure but when I'm piecing a poem together I kind of feel like okay look there's a beat there with that word and I want to punctuate that line and that the meaning of that line with creating a pause or you know um i guess i do it's interesting once it's locked down once i've said it out loud in a public forum usually it's it doesn't really deviate from the way i say it which i which people have come up to me and they said oh i it um it sounded like you improvised that and it's and it's interesting because i it doesn't tend to change that much yeah. once it's locked which is yeah so and definitely before um going and doing like an open mic i'll get out my poem and and 
kind of remind myself of it and reread it. And so there is a little bit of that. And definitely, I think lots of poets say, um, you know, reading, reading your stuff out loud to yourself is one of the key aspects of like editing your work as well. But nowhere near as much rehearsal as uh, dancers. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely review and it kind of, yeah, it can take different shapes. Um, yeah, so the process, I guess the process of writing and editing, that's sort of the rehearsal aspect to it. Was it a big change for you then to do it with live music and and a lot of stuff going on at the same time? Like you had movement, you had music. Did that influence your the the way you delivered the poem? Did you do it differently than you would have had done it without anything else going on, or was it were you just like in your little bubble and? No, it's such a it's a real gift. I guess you would experience this as well, like the difference between doing a solo piece and then when you're in an ensemble, like it's very, it's, a, I find it a real gift to have that collaboration. And because you feel like this backup, like you feel like, yeah, there's this kind of symbiotic connection when you're there with musicians on stage um, and they're, you know, they want it to sound good. So they're doing their best and you're doing your best. And so it's like this lovely kind of circle of energy. And and yeah, I, I remember I felt very like, it kind of hit me, it hit my heart in a different way to when I'm just there doing it on my own because your focus is forward. Whereas the focus was sort of like all around me and all around us um, as performers up on stage. And it's it's a real gift, like I would perform with a band all the time <laughs> if I could and it was just magic because the way Jessica who was the saxophonist had heard it and one of my favorite favorite people ever is Alice Coltrane and I listen to her when I write all the time I listen to her constantly and in my workshops I play her music and I get my the sip and rhymers to write her music as well so when she heard me i sent her a recording of me reading the poem and then when she heard me read it she was like this goes with an alice coltrane track i'm gonna do like my own arrangement of it and that was just a gift it was really cool because we were meeting each other um through the work and the words and the music and i don't think i'd i don't think i'd actually met Jess even at that point I think we'd had like one zoom and so it was just I liked that as well like how it all fit it all fitted so well because I think our intent I think that's the other thing with creativity in general and putting on events especially is um what's your intention and, and it's quite amazing like when your intention is sort of pure um or whatever it may be and loads of different loads of different components go into putting on events and so many different things can go wrong and but up until that point and once people are there and they're sat in their seats and ready to go it's quite amazing the magic that can happen purely because you've maintained this intention of we want to gather together we want to you know rise you know raise up the consciousness about female artists and female performers and I think everyone understood that. And with that understanding, we created something really beautiful. Mm. Is there um, is there like a divide between female poets and male poets? Is there such a thing as like a gender advantage? That's a good question. I think it is more, uh, 
That is a good question. So I don't think you're treated any differently from your male counterparts. Um, but some of the nights, uh, a lot of the nights are run by men. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it will, the lineup can be quite male heavy, but I think there's a consciousness also because you get a lot of, a lot of poetry is directly discussing, you know, gender roles and uh, gender identity and the binary, like a lot of it at the moment. And um, so you can not be confronted by it. I think so that consciousness is raised by who goes on stage and the poets on stage. So I think it probably was a bigger boys club because they were just like, you know, getting together and putting on their mates, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, I think the consciousness has been raised by how honest and upfront and obviously it's very vocal <laughs> and how vocal all us poets are. So there's not really, you kind of do have to constantly check yourself. You have to ad adapt, I think, if you are, someone who you know has a limited sphere or pool of people that you're connecting with so and so I think on on that side of things it is quite equal but I will say a lot of the nights are run by uh, men and so it is really fun to um, go to female-led events and um, which isn't strictly about like everything must be about women. It's not it's not like that, but it's just fun to see other women organizing it and doing it. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I think there is quite a lot of I think there is quite a lot of I kind of joke that the only kind of demographic that isn't represented in poetry are like Tories <laughs> <laughs> and conservatives, you know, as <laughs> the conservative political um, politically minded individuals they're not really <laughs> you don't see a lot of that at, at least at the nights that I go to but other than that it's like you, you see everything and you hear everything because they're normally the victim of all the spoken word poetry <laughs> like... yeah they're the biggest victim. they're the biggest target for sure yeah <laughs> it's funny but it's it's I think the great thing I, I spoke um before before this one I had a podcast recording with um, another friend of mine and she uses dance film and spoken word and we talked a little bit about it that sometimes you just need a little bit of spoken word to get a clear picture across because a lot of the other art forms you can interpret a lot so with mm. movement even though if you have an attention of expressing something it doesn't mean that the, the person watching will actually get a specific idea that you're trying to get across or with a painting there's always this element of um you can imagine things into it, whereas poetry is very direct. Like if you, if you, I mean, there's also poetry, I guess, where, where it's vague and you can still interpret it the way you want to, but like, there's like a certain power that comes with words um, that is very concrete. Mm, yeah, I think we are quite uh, lucky in that way that, there's still room for interpretation, but you're right. Like you do get to exalt and really express to what's been on your mind. And um, yeah, and I guess it kind of starts conversations where, yeah, where 
you can be quite direct which sometimes you know sometimes you're going to go to nights and it is very you know society and uh, you know and there's a lot there's lots of poems about um we call it catcalling here where it's like men are like smile darling like there's lots of poems about being harassed on public transport and things by like pervy men there's lots you know and it has its place like it is th those poems and those stories they're important but also i'm of the ilk where let's how much imagination does that take so i do i do like to work with yeah how how can i sort of push my push the audience i don't actually i don't know if i necessarily that's that's an interesting one as well because when you're like again with dance like how much should we be paying attention to what the audience can pick up on because at the end of the day do you know what I mean like how much like yeah how much how much should, should that be a concern and I think it goes back to this idea of what your core what yeah what are you trying to say and if you're satisfied with how that comes across and how then yeah, there you can't you have no control over what the audience is going to do um, about it, which is that's kind of the fun punk thing. You'll be like, well, this is it, so do what you want with it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, you said you you started your own poetry night soon after you started performing poetry. Um, what was some of the challenges that comes with, you know, putting on an event like that yourself? especially in like you know in the beginning yeah um that is a good question well i think at the beginning there's a lot of self-doubt um because basically it's like you're organizing your birthday party and freaking out that no one will turn up <laughs> and you kind of put yourself through that month in month out so there was quite a lot of self-doubt but there was just this um I did have this like fire that no, I've committed to it. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the other challenges I faced at the beginning was the the venue. So that's kind of how it was born. I um, we sort of lived in an area that nothing really was going on. They, and um, Elephant and Castle and suddenly all these high-rise apartment buildings were there and suddenly there were all these people there who had like money to spend and with that comes new businesses and like you know we say like bougie cafes and restaurants and things and there was this wine bar and we right on the corner of where my partner lived at the time and um uh my ex <laughs> my ex-partner but um and it was this wine bar and we went in and he he said you know i want to make it sort of like a community sort of hub um, and give back and have sort of creative things going on. It's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I'm a poet and I hadn't um, known to, I hadn't, I, I, you know, I wasn't that well known. So I was scared about putting on an open mic because I thought that's too much pressure. That's too many people to expect to come. And so I did want to do this workshop because my whole thing was I want to give what I got from it, which is this sense of community and this catharsis and all this abundance, I wanted to show other people that that existed. And so, um, yeah, the owner was, you know, good at what he did in terms of 
wine and things. But when people say, I want my place to be like this creative community hub, that's not necessarily what they mean, especially if you're like a business of where you rely on your sales of your of your alcohol and things like that. So that was a challenge where everyone was loving it and loving coming, but they weren't buying his, his pricey glasses of wine because they got really into the poetry. So that was so then. Yeah. So that was a challenge um, where the event was felt great when it was occurring. But he was sort of, you know, on my back to like uh, make his business money. And it was sort of like, I appreciate that you've given me this space. But that's I don't care. I don't care about your I, I, can't, I can't take on worrying about your profits. So I eventually and then it was just like it, it kind of created this bad atmosphere around wanting to do it. And so I did it. I did it there for a good like seven months, I think. And then one day I was just like, uh, no, I don't, I don't want to bring it into your space because it does have this sort of like animosity around it. So that was a bit of a challenge in the first venue and yeah, just combating uh, self-doubt is another one because the biggest, I think you, you would attest to this as well. Like so many different things can go wrong, but you're never going to figure it out unless you do it. And uh, I have a lot of people who came to the po to Sip and Rhyme and then afterwards would be like, oh, can you help me set up my event? And it was like, you don't actually need me. Like, you have all the tools. This is, uh, you know, I just make, I make my posters on Canva and I just, and a lot of the c people that come, it's, it has been through word of mouth. I have that. And through my mouth, it's like I've gone to these events and I've said, look, you should come along to this. So it is very grassroots and, and old school. And so, yeah, the biggest challenge is being mean to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest challenge. And then like finding a venue where you feel, you know, they don't have to hold your hand, but it's just nice to be in a venue where you can be relaxed and just offer off you know that's you can off you know your main focus has to be the people in the room not what the profits are for the venue basically yeah. yeah i think that's a problem with a lot of events that happen in venues that could have paying customers there instead yeah um because i know like at ronnie scott's used to have a lot of gigs upstairs that were live gigs but the reason they most of them got replaced is because people just did just sat there listening and didn't buy drinks at the bar mm. combined with like a, a certain tap water culture in Britain anyway that like people just ask for tap water like as like a normal thing like in Germany you don't you buy water like you always buy a drink it's kind of rude not to like to sit in a venue and not to buy a drink I, I kind of get both sides because also I, I get that if somebody attends a poetry workshop they might not want to pay 15 pounds for a glass of wine you know, like all three, <laughs> well, yeah. there. but at the same time, if you have like a venue and you have 20 people and they're drinking tap water and you like have to hire someone to wash the glasses and yeah, um, it circulates. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a challenge, especially when you're starting out with anything like even me with, with tap dance, a lot of times kind of the venue gets the bar and I get the door. And if there's no bar, then the venue wouldn't be happy to do the same arrangement again, you know? 
totally. No, it definitely is like a circle. You definitely have to circulate. And like, obviously, like the, you know, he did have the wine bar is that that challenge was always going to come up. And I did think I would have people doing like drunk poetry, but they really <laughs> like with the Ronnie Scott scene, they did really get into it. Yeah, but it does, circ it does circulate back. And it is, I do think, yeah, I would probably always try and buy a drink because I know that if they're paying my friends who were performing, then it's because it's out of the bar money. So it is, it, is, it does circulate. And I definitely, I think I definitely want to have my own venue. And so it's like, yeah, I'm going to rely on, <laughs> I'm going to rely on um, bar, bar and food sales in order to keep things cooking and putting on the things that we want to, we all want to see. So yeah, I think, I, I don't know if you felt this, but I think the appreciation of all the moving parts in terms of like venue and promoters and the artists, I feel like there's been a, a more of an appreciation s since and because of lockdown and, and COVID because, you know, we all, we all need each other and it's like, yeah. So I think that's shifted a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. Mm. So we kind of in this position that we didn't know what we had, then it was gone, but then we got got it back, which is like the strange situation COVID, you know, created. Yes. So is it something you kind of working towards is to have your own venue? Yeah, I'm talking with uh, Nolan, who is the jazz club owner at Toulouse Trek. I am talking to him about maybe doing a mini sort of takeover in August because he usually closes the jazz club because London, yeah, everyone vacates for summer, like a lot of other places. And um, so I'm kind of hoping that that goes ahead and using it as a little mini pop-up idea. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know it will take a lot of work, but I think, yeah, I'm kind of itching. I'm itching to do it. So this year will be a lot of, you know, feeling out the gaps in my knowledge that I want to improve on and then thinking, starting to crunch the numbers and think about how realistic it is um because in you know in a metropolis uh it's quite saturated with lots of different things going on so i do want something that stands out and um is obviously a success but also yeah i'm gonna figure yeah that's something i'm definitely looking towards so hopefully next year run another kind of pop-up even if, if it even if it's for six weeks or the whole summer or something and just i think that's kind of gonna be my aim sort of do it incrementally and then yeah get my own venue it'll be amazing i would love that that would be amazing is there are there any poetry i know in covent garden isn't there a poetry cafe or something like that yeah the poetry cafe is really it's really cute it's definitely uh yeah i haven't i haven't been since everything has opened up so i should go um so you have the poetry cafe the poetry library in south bank is really beautiful and you can just go there and write and pick up any poetry book you want that's really awesome um i love the poetry section at foils mm -hmm. on Tottenham Court Road that's probably the best poetry section that I've seen and been to uh yeah so those are kind of the top three mm -hmm. um I 
three hangs, I would say, that are like specifically for um, poetry. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about or have you ever published any of your poetry? Yeah, I'm dying. I'm dying to and I really need to get on and, and write a collection. So um, last year I was lucky enough that my one of my best friend is an is an artist. This is his painting <laughs> in a moon thing. That was from ages ago. Um, but we both read tarot yeah. and he wrote a uh, he designed a tarot deck. I can get it actually. Oh, he designed a tarot deck and he asked me to do poems for it. And so, yeah, I did poems in the guidebook for the major cast. This is my first like published um, per, per se. So then this is this is the little book. And we got some, this is, this, is, okay. this is about the card. So, okay, so the last card in the Major Arcana is The World, and it's about closure, wholeness, a new chapter. And the Major Arcana is when you have like your uh, death card and your devil card and the star and the sun and the moon. So it's kind of like takes you on this spiritual journey, which ends with this closure that you have in the world. And um, I'll try and get the card out. So yeah, that's where I was first published. But the tricky thing is, is that I I go all over the shop with my themes and my tones. And so I've written probably like 200 poems or something, like oh. no joke, in the past four years. And it's about piecing together, because obviously with your first collection, you can always be like, look, this is my poetry from 2018 to like to 2020 but I do want to create something a bit more you know con conceptual and that has a thread running through it and so um and also that's what's in I don't know if you find yeah you must find this as well where you're because you're constantly changing the, your perspective is going to change and and so it's it's interesting because you have to sift through and try not to poo-poo po poems from the very beginning because it's like no they they were important and they have an essence of you even though you may not it may not uh sound exactly as you do now so that's quite interesting as well sort of sifting through and what what looks good side by side so it's kind of, yeah it's basically putting together a puzzle um and so yeah i really want to do that i'd love to do that by the end of this year for sure have a little collection out Oh yeah, okay, so here is, here's the world card. Looks like me. <laughs> like oh yeah, it's you dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and you want the poem? Yeah, can you read it to us? Yes. So this calls for a celebration. For the cycle is complete. You've booked the ticket. Now you're well on your way. So revel in this red carpet moment. Cast a spell and turn it into a magic one. Take flight in line with the start of the new moon. The watchful eye of the multiverse, your ancestors, your choices are kindly blinking. Open and close, open and close. A tender, soft acknowledgement that you are worthy and deserving. Oh, that's almost like a prayer. Like I bet if people would say that every day in the morning, they'd have a really good day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. 
Yeah, I do like to do little. I found that quite, even if I'm writing a gloomy poem, I always have to sign it off with a little, I guess they are kind of like little prayers, but I always have to sign it off with something promising at the end, which is quite, which, um, yeah, I think that does say quite a lot about me. Like, okay, okay, this is gloomy, but like, let's look to what's next. So. <laughs> That's cool. And when you do like workshops um, or those writing prompts, what kind of exercises do you do? So there's, I, lo I love coming up with these as well. It's so much fun. Um, and my whole thing is I'm not here to tell you how to write a poem. I'm just here to give you the space to express yourself. And I'm going to give you little prompts that you could use all the time if you wanted to. And so, for instance, one of the very, very, very first events we did, uh, which was, yeah, three years ago, around this time, and it, the theme was future because it was the new year. So what do you want out of your future? And I think I said, um, go on your phone and you're going to write a 10 line poem about the last photo you took. And it didn't matter if it was a screenshot of a map or, uh, you know, your food from your restaurant or, um, or, you know, sometimes you take photos of like, oh, I need this light bulb. Can you pick it from the shop? It was like, doesn't matter what it is. Just write a poem about it. So that was one. And then I think I invented this idea for that very first one. And I repeat it and you saw it at Resonance as well. And I call them poetry portraits. And this is like, I need to copyright this, I think. <laughs> copyright, Jolie Licks, Sippin' Rhyme. But um, basically what I do is I pair people off with a stranger and they have a couple minutes to say what their life has been like and what they want to what they want for the next chapter for the next season or whatever and so to, the two people share they take it in turns and then you have to write a poem about your partner based on what they've told you so basically you get to see yourself through someone else's eyes and usually a stranger is a lot more giving about and um, loving to you, even if they haven't met you, than you are about yourself. So you get these really kind of candid poems, and I kind of call them manifestation poems as well. And it's just nice seeing your wishes reflected back onto you, because um, somehow it's easier. It's easier to see from the outside than uh, for yourself. So I really love that exercise. We did. Um, I did a whole theme around postcards because um, you can go on eBay and get a bunch of, you can get like big old stacks of po vintage postcards. And a lot of them have uh, writing on them. A lot of them have been sent to people. So you get these little messages. Being in England, so many of them like, oh yes, we just got to the seaside and the weather is lovely, da 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 da. <laughs> Lots about the weather. Um, from these English stacks but then yeah you had to write a response to ones with writing on and a map or, or write a short story and um, so that's been one and then another one which is really fun uh, I did it for this really campy vampy Christmas show that I did just in December 
and that's when I give them words to pop songs and they have to rewrite the pop songs or, or it doesn't it's not necessarily pop but like yeah I did like a 90s themed one and I picked a bunch of 90s pop songs and we had to rewrite those so that was really fun that's crazy I never I never thought about it in that way yeah <laughs> obviously there's like different forms of poetry and like the first um the first probably stereotype that you have is that it needs to rhyme mm. but um poetry can be pretty much anything right but like where would the distinction be between just writing a paragraph and a poem I mean that's a good question because you have something called prose poetry which is basically paragraphs and you, and you write in paragraphs so the distinction maybe it is I don't know what what I'd love to hear your take on it but maybe it is in the performance maybe that makes a slight difference like but then again it's tricky because some stuff you write is better on the page and and it doesn't mean that it's a bad poem it's just a better page poem than it is spoken so what would the difference be um i guess like how i i, I was taught playwriting and i loved it and um, and so i take this across any form but in playwriting we were taught every single word has to count like even in your stage directions like why are they scratching their head in this scene and why why is the door open and what made you want them to say you know that line about the porcupine you have to have sort of a reason for everything and mm, maybe I guess if you take okay so if you take a haiku for instance they call them so that's a Japanese form where it's quite a strict syllabic form we have three lines so they're very, they can be very very cute and very very beautiful um, you, can, you have three lines where the first line is five syllables the second line is seven syllables and the last line is five syllables so five seven five and they're often described as mood poems because you can't because uh, it's like you're capturing a mood you can't be too descriptive because you only got a little amount of space so I guess maybe that's a distinction I would make as well is um, they can be just about a mood or a feeling whereas maybe a paragraph of text there's some action and characterization in a story which you absolutely can do in poetry but maybe that's the difference where they can be little nuggets and windows of a mood and a feeling and that can be all that it is and maybe that's the difference I would say. Yeah I've never actually thought about it it just popped into my head when you described the the, the writing prompt to use. Yeah it's a good one yeah I'll read you a few poems. Yeah. So Petra this I wrote while I was watching you perform. Ooh. <laughs> uh, with Hailey Kim, who is this uh, love, amazing Korean flautist, and their relationship on stage was super stunning and beautiful to watch, and it just was really special. And so this is a tiny little improvised poem I wrote for you guys. Flights of fancy, cloud-busting resonance, grasping for invisible spots of pure magic. Contortions created by a windfall of golden blossom, lean, lean, lean. 
I'll hold space for you as you hold space for me. Circulate breath as if you were grasping dreams. Flurry, flurry moments of contention eased with absolute beauty. The music took over, the elements combined, everything held in your wand. Shoulders up and across and still and still and peace. Ma, ma, si. Hold bright memory, goodness in your heart. Let it spill out of your pores with the sweat down the spine. Feel heat in your bones. There is a safe space of kindness. Written, unwritten communication, carried on the wind, carried on the wind. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And there was real sweat coming off of both of you. And it was, I don't know, I read that as like this like energy Can you and you putting everything into it. I like, I really like that watching you, Petra, because I can see you're putting every like inch of yourself into it, which is really like fun and amazing to watch as well. The thing is with Hylam and I, like we, we actually also, also, we met on stage pretty much. And um, she had, uh, in the first resonance I did, uh, she started she, she started to move and she had never um, like done that before, but she just joined me in a duet. So it was like the most natural thing because she just like, started moving closer to me and then we ended up doing this duet and I'm like wow that was amazing and she's like well I don't know I just couldn't not start moving and it's so amazing because I feel like it's so special when you meet someone that you share this kind of energy with yeah it was such a good connection that it was unbelievable that you'd only done it once before and unbelievable that you know you hadn't rehearsed even it was so yeah it was really really magic i feel like this poem like really shows you can say more with less words because i feel like what you don't say makes what you say go so much deeper oh thank you yeah it's good to give space to things right yeah. like yeah i think we do learn that in all practices like stillness in dance is just as important as movement when you're doing a piece and it's like blank space in a piece of artwork can say something when there's a huge amount of color on the other side of the canvas and um i think that is that's an important thing that you learn the more you do it i think with words um because yeah at the beginning you're just sort of the floodgates are open and you just spew it all out you just like throw it all out on the wall and see what kind of sticks and you I remember like a video of my first headline set which was maybe like the third time reading poetry and I was so quick I, I read so quickly because you're nervous first of all and so figuring out how to pace myself um that was a big task as well and uh and that just takes practice really but um yeah I think and also I'm a very chatty loud kind of talkative person <laughs> so uh it's really nice to figure out how to be in like my center and to bring it down a bit and be and bring down and play with the level of 
energy um and so yeah thanks mm. yeah it's great okay okay i have two more for you they're both they're both short and they're both lovely for a sunday because this is a sunday here in london town so wait i gotta get it up um this one is um for the forest i call it i'm a giver people take i still give never silent never still fed by sun earth and moon just like you except bigger i'm a giver i'm aware of all the ancestors floating through our boughs no colony monarchy or general will fill the purest pride i do as above i give so below i give as in one i give as in all i give i'm a giver try to renounce the idea of taking protect your spirit and your mind from the poachers and thieves i'm so given i'll even let you take a trip and a dip within my trees from highest nest to ground of fossils pine needles and insects i'm a giver try to give a little too and that's that one <laughs> that's so nice it's also very kind of prayer like to me uh, it's like a mantra yeah i like doing little mantras yeah because it was um the, the prompt was write a poem about the forest and i was uh tuning into what a forest represents and what a forest does for us and i was like oh my gosh they're just giving all the time and no matter how much we like abuse our landscapes and nature it will always return and give back and so that's where that's where that came from and i wanted to go into that space of lying in a forest which is really luxurious and fun okay i think okay i've got to show you that i do do different uh <laughs> different modes i got two more for you one and they're both very short but one is a uh one is one of the earlier poems that i wrote and it goes like oh and it also was featured in zebra film festival which i have to come and see in berlin and it's a a poetry film festival and i collaborated with my friend christina villa nadal who's an incredible filmmaker and uh oh. she did this cute uh cute little short so it goes Glitter in the gutter. Did I make you splutter? Glitter bomb, glitter thong, glitter on the dawn, glitter on the moon, glitter gun, glitter fun, glitter out of vase tricks, glitter on the floor lies, glitter rave, glitter for days, glitter shimmer shimmer. Glitter in the gutter. Is there a unicorn on the loose? A glitter shaman, glitter factory explosion. So now the gutter be full of glitter. Glitter top, glitter glitterati, glitter ball, glitter bum, glitter up, glitter wow, glitter on my shoulders. Don't want it on my tongue. Glitter on my tongue. Glitter in my crevices, glitter marks my messes, glitter race, glitter post, glitter gutter, shimmer, shimmer. That is so That's, fun. That one. That's not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really after the first few. Glitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because that's a super fun one. Yeah, um, and, fun. and it was from a bunch of glitter in the gutter. <laughs> that's what I saw. I'm going to see the film now. And the funny thing was, we sent it off to these film festivals because I was like, we have to because it's it's 38 seconds and it's hilarious and cute. Like, how could they not go for it? You know what I mean? So <laughs> and the then film was 38 seconds. Yeah, it's wow. nothing because. The poem is so short. Um, and uh, then it went to this really cute American festival. This goes back to like interpretation. And I sent it, we sent it off to these different festivals. And I was amazed how many poetry film festivals there were again, like being I've quite never like. Heard of one. I know. The biggest one is in Berlin and it's called Zebra and it's pretty amazing. And we should have probably gone again. But. Um, this one went to the midwest and they were really adorable and uh they did like a little q a after and one of the organizers was like i saw it as an interpretation of you know plastic waste and she read it in this really like kind of morbid way and mm -hmm. i guess you could read it that way but i was like no man it's just about some glitter in the gutter <laughs> How did How much you, what were you inspired by to write this? I literally saw a bunch of glitter in the gutter and I thought that's, I love that dichotomy of something so sparkly and shiny and fun in something that we all consider, you know, kind of gross and dirt and dirty. And I love that. Um, And, and it was glitter in the gutter. That was it. That was the hook. And then I went home and I just wrote it really quickly. I think that's the other thing. Like I hear sounds in with, I hear like a lot of time I'll hear the rhythm and the sound and it's like a hook. It's like a song's hook for me. And then I'll just go, I, that was the same with, uh, I'm a giver. I was like, they're like, okay, the forest, the forest is so giving, it's so giving. And um, what message does the forest want us to know? And then it was like that I'm a giver. And so, yeah, I think that definitely helps me a lot. So that's something uh, that's like another tip as well. It's like, um, you know, pay attention to what you're. Yeah, to pay attention to some of your rambling internal monologue thoughts, because there could be like a little nugget. And that's another thing if you do write a lot, but it's not necessarily poetry yet going back and seeing and oh okay I like those two words together and then take extracting them and uh making something new out of it is always you can always recycle I think mm -hmm. like it's funny when the, in those poems I you know I use the word I think an ancestors does come up quite a bit as well so it's interesting what words you repeat as well because of where you are in that time period as well like I remember I was obsessed I definitely use breath and breathing to uh help kind of center myself and like in meditation and I was doing a load of meditation and then there was like a lot of like exhale and inhale in my poems and I had to go back and find different words for like breathing <laughs> so you will see like running themes you must get that as well with your with dance when you like There's like a phrase that you want to repeat or mm. yeah there, on. a lot of times when i do these improvised things you um i kind of re react to the music so it's kind of i kind of surrender to the music but with tap dance 
more so than contemporary. I think I create patterns just mm. so other people actually have um, a chance to realize what's going on. Because if you Ooh. just bulldozer through, I mean, that's my natural inclination to just go balls to the wall. But um, sometimes it's nice to stick with like one rhythm or or one theme for a while so people can actually recognize it and feel at home a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Giving them a little anchor. Yeah, that's true. I like that. Mm, I'm going to check that out when I see you next. <laughs> one, uh, funny pattern. you said breath, because Hylam and I, we once did um, a day of rehearsal where we just tried to explore some ideas with, with movement and how we can incorporate each other's art forms. And we actually decided to use um, audible breathing, like breathe audibly as a common ground because both of us breathe. Um, mm. She has to breathe to to use her instrument because she plays flute, and I have to breathe because I have to, you know, in the air. But it's funny how it affects you because when like certain, if I inhale a lot of air, then my chest is full of air. It's like a balloon. You your back becomes stiffer, so it actually yeah. directly affects the way I move with with how much air is in my lungs. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. You could see that. That was really. Yeah, it's a powerful, it really is a powerful thing. Like I remember growing up and obviously having, you know, you're a teenager and you have like bouts, bouts of anxiety because you're, you know, the world is like a lot. <laughs> and uh, my mother would, and I used to really annoy me, my mother would say like, okay, have you eaten? And I think this is me being at university, so away from home. And she was like, have you eaten any fruit? Have, how much water have you drunk? And have you gone for like a walk? and like, you know, been breathing properly? Like, have you like been breathing? <laughs> and and at the time you're like, no, 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 you don't understand me, da, 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 da. But as you grow up, you're like, I oh, know that is actually just really good advice. <laughs> like to those yeah. very basic, basic human, <laughs> human functions and uh, making sure you're paying, yeah, being kind to yourself and paying attention. So yeah, breath, and yeah, I guess, with poetry as well, there's a lot of, yeah, I guess breathe, paying attention to my breath again, like helps me with pace. So that's really wonderful to hear that relationship that you had with each other's breath. It's really cool. And finding a link. Last poem. So definitely uh, would write quite a lot on commutes because in London, you're crossing the whole town you you can cross the whole town and it takes like an hour or an hour and 10 minutes or it depends so usually and when you're going anywhere it's going to take like 40 minutes right and so you have these long uh long-ish journeys and that's where a lot of i i yeah i wrote quite a lot of things doing that and that was something that you miss uh when you can't go anywhere and i remember this is the first poem I wrote being traveling on a bus again and it was watching a I was on the night bus so it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was watching a woman eat a hard-boiled egg and it felt like a very funny and she did it very anyway you'll see in the poem how she did it <laughs> she ate an egg so slow little munches masticate like her lips 
wanted to caress it. Like it was all she had eaten that day. Like it was as sweet and juicy as a peach. But it was just an egg. A hard boiled egg. A kept on back for later egg. Remained in bag for a solitary moment, sweet injection of protein, savor my thirst for something to taste. My esophagus work, my stomach stopped talking to me, my hands feel wanted, my senses less deprived. Let the egg be a placeholder for a hug or a touch or a love. That's quite a lot for an egg. <laughs> That made my day. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That's what awesome. we like to do. Oh, I can't believe that you brought that on a bus. It's so it's so great. I feel like as soon as you start doing art, everything around you becomes art. Yes. It's so true. It does open your eyes. And there's joy and fun to it as well, which I think <laughs> yeah, that's so that's beautifully put. Like open your eyes. And it'll be okay. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing this with us and coming on the podcast. Thank you, thank you. Find out more about you. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, whatever you send me, I'm gonna link in the description box so people can also find out about you or attend your events. Yeah. And it works out with Toulouse Lord Trek. Okay, thank you so much, Petra. This is really fun.